pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. Sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wonder Gold, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lebuff. Joining me in just a moment uh, will be BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. But before I bring in those two scholarly gentlemen, a reminder, Wonder Gold is pre- proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. You must be 21 or older. The offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia in the U.S. Gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And as always, gamble responsibly. BJ and Anthony, uh, let's get this thing started. We are firmly in the deep end of the pool of this Premier League season. And we'll start... uh, with one of the title contenders, Arsenal. Scrappy little Arsenal, BJ. Back. Scrappy, scrappy little Arsenal. They are so back. Uh, they'll travel to the Northeast to take on Newcastle, uh, plus 145. Favorites are the Magpies. Arsenal plus 162, very slight road underdogs. It's essentially a pick them on the three-way line. Uh, the draw is plus 260. I think that this game... It's for the casuals. Uh, I don't really <laughs> see much of a a betting angle here. Anthony does. Uh, so before we dive into your neuroses, BJ, we'll we'll start with Anthony and find out what he sees in terms of the the line here. I, I mean, I see a continually flawed Arsenal defense going on the road against an attack that's been very dynamic since adding Isak, and an attack that has been 
excellent at home, a group that is pressed with a ton of energy and caused problems for back lines that struggle with ball progression. And this Arsenal group without Saliba still is just not nearly as good. And you watched, you know, the Chelsea match, which they played well and deserved to win, but a better attacking team would have scored two or three goals in that match. Chelsea had numerous odd man opportunities uh, that didn't quite come off because they're really disjointed and, and not connected as an attack and, and they have their issues, but it felt like Arsenal was very vulnerable whenever they lost possession. And that's where Newcastle's at their best. Uh, and, and this is not that different from what the Liverpool spot was a few weeks ago. I mean, Newcastle and Liverpool are similarly rated teams for me. I ended up betting Liverpool in that match. And so Newcastle has basically a pick them at home here. Uh, all the pressure on Arsenal plays against them, I think, in this spot. So I'm going to take Newcastle at home, pick them minus 115. Yeah. I mean, listen, if I was a neutral, I would probably agree with Anthony. You know, I do have Newcastle projected around plus 125. So if you are a neutral, then yes, I do believe there is some value on Newcastle here. And the Arsenal defense, you know, Kiwar was was better than Rob Holding. And if you're wondering why Arsenal hasn't been playing him is because he's also left-footed, which is a very awkward situation for them to play two left-footed center backs, uh, especially in build-up play. Um, so, you know, he's obviously a better ball progressor than Rob Holding is. So that makes Arsenal's defense a little bit better. But what I will say is that Arsenal, I understand it was with Saliba, but they had you know, a pretty decent time building up against Newcastle in the previous meeting. And I understand that Newcastle was good in transition, but Arsenal tilted the field on them. They controlled 66% possession. Newcastle only had a pass per defensive action of around 10, which, you know, for the season, they're well under that. So this really just comes down to, and something we've been talking about with Newcastle a lot, is if you want to beat them and basically rip them apart, you got to play through their pressure. And obviously without Saliba, that's troublesome for Arsenal. But... Zinchenko and Shaka, both healthy, helps their build-up plays. Zinchenko's ability to invert in the middle of the pitch, that's how Arsenal's going to win this match. they got to play through Newcastle's pressure because as we've seen time and time again, when Newcastle makes the match very, very transitional, they completely, like Anthony said, they're just an unbelievable offense. What they create over four expected goals against Southampton this past weekend. So 3.9 against Manchester United, who had major big-time struggles building out the back against them. But... Arsenal does have the personnel. I understand that I'm Saliba, but everybody else on the pitch is able to play through that pressure. So if they're able to do that, they'll be able to put the ball in the back of the net, hopefully uh, in some transitional opportunities. But yeah, if I was a neutral, yeah, I would say there's value on, on Newcastle and I'd probably play them, but I don't bet against my team in a title race. Yeah, I think it's interesting. When you look at just like pure underlying straight XG per 90, like these two teams are pretty comparable for the season. Arsenal plays a style that's been more aggressive uh, and more uh, committing numbers forward when in tied game states. And so you're seeing that uh, Arsenal has more wins and Newcastle has settled for some draws against lesser competition. And that's the reason for the difference in their actual point totals. And one team has run really well finishing. The other team's run about around their XG. So like relatively speaking, though, in terms of team total team strength, there's not a huge gap here. Like Arsenal is the better team for my numbers, but not that much better to the point where they should be a pick them on the road uh, against a Newcastle team that's been dynamite at home. So one more thing I'll say, too, is that if you look through Newcastle's schedule recently, they haven't really played teams that can build out through pressure. And it's a lot of teams that play very direct and transitionally, you know, the Everton's, Tottenham's, Brentford's, West Ham's of the world. The two teams that they've struggled with and lost to 
you know, Aston Villa, you know, they've had their issues through build up play, but they build it up, build up through the middle of the pitch very, very well against Newcastle in that match. And then of course, Manchester city, who's the best build up team in the world was able to play through them and, and create, you know, 1.3 expected goals and, and counter press them very well. So that's what Arsenal has got to do. I'm plain and simple. They just got to be able to play through pressure. Yeah, so so that pressure is going to be twofold on Arsenal on the pitch and off the pitch as they try to stay with City, full disclosure. We are recording this uh, during Man City's match on Wednesday afternoon against West Ham. City is up one nothing right now. So, in all likelihood, they will be a point ahead of Arsenal with a game in hand uh, heading into the weekend. And City takes on Leeds, and that's where we'll go next. City hosts Leeds as a minus 600 favorite. City hosts Sam Allardyce's Leeds as a minus 600 favorite. Sam Allardyce, who says he's just as good as the best managers in the world, whether that be uh, Guardiola, Mikel Arteta, Klopp, Sean Dyche, I'm sure he said in there. Uh, And you know what? I'll let Big Sam have it. At his particular skill set, he might be right. I could see his logic. Uh, well, well, everyone else makes fun of him. I can, I can see exactly what he means, Big Sam. Uh, yeah, like I said, Leeds is sixteen to one on the three-way line, and the draws plus six fifty. These odds from Bet three six five. Holy moly! Um, <laughs> Mark Marcelo Bielsa to Jesse Marsh to Javi Gracia to Sam Allardyce with this squad. They they uh they smashed the glass around the the panic button and they smashed it hard because but, uh, this is your last resort here. To, you got to do it though. I don't think it's a yeah. A, you know, like if if you're to, if you're want going one million percent all in on not not going down, just do it and pay the man what whatever the six million that that he's owed if he's if he keeps him up. Uh, I do think it kind of adds an interesting wrinkle here. Who on earth knows? how this match is going to look like these, these, these guys have been playing a very different style for the better part of what, five years now, when you consider they were under Bielsa during their championship ascendancy, then the first year plus in the premier league, then it was Marsh. Who's like a, just a worse version of Bielsa. Uh, and then they've kind of slowly migrated towards where we are now. I I mean, I'm, I'm expecting, an 88% possession number or something from, from City. I, I I might just have a little bit of a sprinkle on the Leeds money line as a, almost an emotional hedge because of Everton, but Lord, mm-hmm. what do you think here, BJ? Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of on where, where you are too. It's like you're playing a certain style. It clearly, Gracia comes in and it clearly didn't work. You know, the the 4-4-2 out of possession, compact defense, was not good for Leeds. It's the similar story with them. It's once the goal goes in the back of the net, all hell breaks loose. They don't have Tyler Adams to be that ball stopper in the middle of the pitch. So now Big Sam comes in, who is very similar to that of Roy Hodgson. It's 4-4-2, very compact defense. And now they're going to have to try to keep Manchester City out of the back of the net. I mean, Allardyce is West Brom. That's you know The last time he managed a team was West Brom. I mean, they allowed... 50 expected goals in his 26 matches in charge. And that was a team that was actually had a team that was set up to play this type of defensive structure. And they still struggle with that as well. So, I mean, this is a, this is a pass for me. I mean, maybe you'll take a look at under three and a half, you know, which is now at even money. If that goes into plus plus one ten, plus one twenty range, I might have to have a sprinkle at that. But I mean, this is seemingly just a, a complete panic move from, from Leeds 
And I mean, I get it. Like you, you got to stay up and then you'll, you'll re you'll change things out in the off season, but it doesn't look like things are getting any uh, better anytime soon. And they're basically just hoping for some new manager bounce to, to get them through the end of the season. But it's a pass for me. I, I want to see what it happens with, with big Sam and, and leads. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but it sure is fascinating because what's that? That's now two or three interim managers fired so far. I guess you, I don't know if you count Nathan Jones as an interim manager, but um, definitely Stellini, now Gracia, maybe Frank Lampard soon. It's just, it's insane the amount of manager turnover we've had this season. Uh, yeah, it's it's been banana land. And as I tried to tell Anthony a few months ago that these these people are not rational actors who, who run these clubs, so you, mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to get. And Sam Allardyce managing leads. I don't think any of us would have got there in the pre uh preseason preview that we did. Anthony, uh you are a big Sam guy. You always have been, you always will be, and you're going back to the well here. Yeah, I mean it's not pretty, but I think what our dice said was funny, but I don't think it's all that wrong and and if you think that the manager's job is to have a style of play and then to bring in a bunch of players or come into a team and then get those players to play your style. You can criticize the style. It it is horrendous. Uh, It is quite terrible, Uh, but it could be effective. It's not quite what Gracia was doing. Uh, I think it'll be even more defensive and it'll be better drilled. The question is whether or not they have the talent to execute it. I I don't know. That's the biggest question mark. With four matches to go, a shakeup, somebody from outside the club, Coming in, uh, I'm willing to, for one match, ride it on this inflated number. Uh, so I'm going to split my bet between plus one first half and plus two and a half full game. But both numbers just seem a touch high to me. Uh, and so City, you know, I know they're going to probably win this match. But with Champions League, look ahead as well. There's the potential that, you know, De Bruyne rests a half or uh, Holland comes off if they're up a goal. That kind of thing um, to focus on the Real Madrid match, which is coming up in four days after the fact. Three days. Uh, that might be. Maybe that'll be Allardyce's his next stop. If mm-hmm. if Ancelotti does leave, he'll he'll be in the dugout at the Bernabeu. He would fit in in La Liga. Yeah. All right. On to Bournemouth and Chelsea now. Uh, Chelsea, man, they're trending up. <laughs> I saw that ESPN FC like tweeted out a scenario where how Chelsea could get re- relegated this season, and I was just wondering if that graphic, which of course is absurd. Uh, it would require one of, you know, basically a million to one parlay. But if it did cause some people to to go and, and bet it just because they saw it. But uh, nonetheless, 12th place Chelsea, 13th place Bournemouth, both on 39 points. Uh, we'll meet Bournemouth plus 250 at home, Chelsea plus 105 on the road to draw, plus 240. Uh, man, this is an easy pass for me. I just, uh, job done for Bournemouth. Chelsea's a goddamn disaster so i'm just gonna leave it alone bj yeah i i'm more curious to see where this number closes at because we've already opened chelsea at minus 150 then it came down to minus 115 before the arsenal match now it's down to plus 115 do they close as a a, as a pick them against bournemouth i i don't know uh that would be crazy i mean in some sense it's crazy but the other sense and i think this is something you know, at some point, these players have to have like, like they, like Anthony said, they were 
they were okay against Arsenal. It's very disjointed. Like there's clearly no plan uh, with Frank Lampard in charge. Like I, I've said this before, but under Graham Potter, Chelsea was number one in the Premier League in passes per defensive action. They were an outstanding counter-pressing team. They just couldn't fin- finish any of those chances they had in transition. Well, now Lampard has done a different pressing structure out of a four-five-one out of possession, which is very become very disjointed and very passive. And now their passes per defensive action is sitting around twelve. So they've lost the one thing that they've been holding on to that's made them really good in transition. Now they have to come and break down a Bournemouth low block and also defend in transition and try to stop Bournemouth from creating these one or two huge chances. And I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do that. Um, But if you're somebody just coming into this now, like I have Chelsea projected at plus 115, I don't think there's any value in the number as it currently stands. Um, I have already bet Bournemouth plus a half at even money, you know, way before this. But if, I mean, if Chelsea's a pick them there, like I might have to stare at it for a second and and really evaluate if I, if I maybe will play Chelsea uh, there, but I'm just interested to see where this closes and, and how bad this can truly get for Chelsea. Anything here, Anthony, before we. Well, it's a good thing. They fired Graham Potter, right? Right. They Very smart move. Since. Like again, like Michael said, Anthony, these are not, Sane human beings. They're not right. Yeah, they it's not. sad. Uh, you know, look, I, I mean, you can't bet Bournemouth here. I mean, you could. If you want to bet Bournemouth, take them on the money line, right? And reverse, just say, no, reverse puck line. Yeah. That, that's my point, though. Like, look for alternates yeah. because, like, plus a half here is not interesting to me. Like, you're laying juice on it now, and it's like, okay, no. Uh, if Chelsea really has quit, the floor is the basement. Uh, so we don't know where the floor is, and uh, it could continue to get worse. You're buying Bournemouth at the absolute peak. You're buying Chelsea at the absolute, or you're selling Chelsea at the absolute floor. Uh, so I can't recommend a bet on Bournemouth. But again, like I said, you know, plus, what is it, plus 300 out there now on Bournemouth? Uh, we said last week we're going to money line fade Chelsea every week and see how it goes. Brentford won, Arsenal won. Uh, Chelsea still has Forest at home. Might be uh, an interesting number there. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to need old Frank to. We're help not going to get any value his, uh, anymore, though. Former former club out there that gosh and then do you see they close with oh my goodness they host newcastle they go to city they go to united oh uh, so they will bad. this is their last two chances really yeah for a win uh, although i mean the last day that probably will not mean anything to either team but yeah i mean it, i have nothing here uh no interest right. in betting the match can't bet the number what about any interest in your tottenham hotspur uh as a Minus one twenty five favorite hosting Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace, plus three, plus three twenty. The draw is plus two eighty. Palace on the beach. Congratulations to Roy uh, and and the Eagles for flirting with the fringe of the relegation zone, only to get out of that potential disaster pretty quickly. I would say it'd be Palace or nothing for me. I know BJ, you agree? I disagree. So I do. I'll flip it to you. I just I don't. <laughs> I don't like, want to bet. I don't want to bet Spurs. Right. I, and I, get want, I think if 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 like if if Chelsea isn't going through what they're going through, uh, we'll we'd be talking a lot more about what Spurs is doing with no wins and a and a draw against uh, United and their last four matches, which includes a three goal right. loss to three two loss to Bournemouth, giving up six to Newcastle, uh, and then four to to Liverpool. And and I get it. It's it's not a it's not a pretty sight right now. But the numbers getting very very short on Tottenham here. And if we reach minus one ten, I am going to have to fire on Spurs because, I mean, listen, Anthony, they've shown life. They haven't quit. I know the Newcastle <laughs> match was bad, 
but they showed life against United. They showed life and had a great moment against Liverpool before conceding in the next minute. And the offense under Ryan Mason has been good. 4.5 expected goals in their last two matches against Liverpool and United. That's very, very good. You know, if you even go back to the four matches under Stellini before that, they've created 9.9 expected goals in six matches. That is much better than it was under Antonio Conte. And Crystal Palace under Roy Hodgson, I like they're so up and down, right? They they have a huge match where they score five goals against Leeds, and then it's a 0-0 slog against Everton. And I really, what it comes down to for Palace, is it's very game state dependent, right? They concede early to West Ham. The match becomes very, very bonkers, very transitional back and forth. And it's two things that Palace have not done well this season are two things that Tottenham are elite at. Palace is in the bottom four at defending crosses, and they're 15th in XG per set piece. They conceded on the set piece to open the match against West Ham. So those are mainly the two ways that Tottenham creates all of their chances. So I have Tottenham projected at minus 132. So if this gets to minus 110 or better on Spurs, I I will have to fire on them. Because they're still battling for a European spot. Like the Champions League is probably done, but they are still very alive for a Europa League spot. Until Brighton comes storming back. Anthony. Yeah, I was encouraged by the second half uh, at Anfield. Uh, and really, like, if you think about the week, okay, yeah, they got blown out by Newcastle. But then to come back from 2-0 down and 3-0 down uh, against United and Liverpool, who are better teams, and play their way back into it with some changing stuff. I mean, Mason was trying things. The classic uh, second goal that they made it 3-2 from Son was vintage Spurs. Kane coming deep, playing through him, getting Son in behind, something that Conte and, and company hadn't really done with this team in the in the last few months so there's there's little signs of progress uh they're still very flawed defensively and uh but you're 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 buying at the low low here on spurs if you do bet them here so that is generally good Uh, i can't get to palace plus a half i mean we bet palace plus a half at palace earlier this year yeah but that was before Roy, Roy hodgson was there right and and but now it's like okay what are we doing here yeah Uh, Yeah, these are very very different teams yeah, it's got to be Tottenham or nothing for me, though. The uh, the thing about Spurs, too, is it's it's a weird spot, right? Like, BJ, you kind of touched on they're alive for, for European places. Like, they're, I know they got to hold off Villa, and, and they'll want to stay inside that top six. But they played Newcastle, United, and Liverpool three games on the spin. Uh, that was their chance to, to, to really make a run. Now it's hosting crystal palace and i don't know it's a it's a weird spot to me but uh anyways you guys like spurs i'm gonna stay away and yeah say even going back further than that like it's been a tough run in here for spurs they've also had to play brighton they've had to place face mighty mighty everton as well bournemouth yeah Uh, it's been you know they've had the milan you know they've had to face you know milan as well so it's like it's been it's been kind of tough here for spurs so maybe yeah uh, tell that to crystal palace who had to go through the you know in order of the table one through 20 this season twice Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. 
Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Wolverhampton and, and Aston Villa now. Wolves. I think we could say they're also on the beach. Uh, 37 points now. I think it's going to be 35 Is is will be enough to, to stay up barring some one of these bottom feeders just to get good. Uh, there, there, plus was, one... there, was there a season-long point total, 37? Or somewhere no, around there? No, 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 no. It was lower 40, than that? 40, yes. uh, three and a half yeah, for Wolves? 43 and a half, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a sweat. I actually did a tweet thread with all of the overs, unders, okay. and the close ones a couple days ago. And Wolves and Palace are the two like true coin flips Yeah, uh, that are left. So Palace was... 45 and a half. They need six points. Wolves need seven from four. And then actually, well, Forest needs five. So it, those are the three that are pretty close to their totals. Okay. Wolves are plus 187 at home. Villa, 140, plus 140 on the road. Uh, road favorite, Unai Emery squad is. And the draw is a plus 230. I don't know. I mean... Is there a less appealing match on the board this week than this one? I would say no. This so. is it. I this has got to be it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. I can't make the case for Villa to be a road favorite. This is a big derby uh, in the Midlands. Uh, Wolves are, you know, two teams who just adore and love defensive possession and doing nothing with the ball. <laughs> but like the totals two and a half minus one fifty to the under. It's like. Uh, one yeah, fluke if, and, if, whole, and if, the whole it thing feels like changes. A, a, like a good draw bet, but I mean the the way that these this and no matter what I bet in an Aston Villa match, the opposite will happen. So I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna go. Although I will say that they they've their their last few matches have been relatively you know more low event, more like what I was expected. Um, I mean they they have been better defensively in the last yeah. month. They did a good job against United overall. And I think you're seeing that Emery system is, is doing a better job here and wolves are not going to press at all. So maybe under yeah. a half alt. Yeah. Something, like I was going to say, zero, reserved, this is actually but... not a bad zero, zero bet. Um, especially with the way wolves looked against Brighton uh, in that six, nothing drubbing for the seagulls. Uh, like I said, they might be on the beach here. I just, I don't, I know it's a, it's a derby, but no interest here uh, from a betting perspective. So enjoy it if you're in the Midlands, if you're in the Black Country. But for us, it's a, it's a pass, and we move on. Liverpool and Brentford at Anfield. Liverpool is playing right now. Uh, they were up one nil over Fulham, and they are minus two hundred at the moment against Brentford. B's plus four fifty. The draw is plus four hundred. If we wanted to, we could just kind of clip what we say about Brentford every week when they're taking on one of these clubs, whether mm-hmm. it's you know Liverpool, City, Arsenal, United, one of the big, big fish. Um, and you could just clip it and we put it in here, save us some time. But 
We'll say it again. You just always want to be Brent bad, backing Brentford in these spots. What is pretty funny is that they were around this price against, I think they, cl- they closed shorter than it. They took money against Chelsea. Um, so <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, bees, baby. Like how this is the spot. This is the best spot of the week, I think. Uh, I Anthony, agree. Anthony, Sorry, what, go ahead. what are you doing here? I, uh, I have at the sheet and, and I was just expecting to see Brentford, 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 and you're on Brentford, but yeah, I'm going to take some. So I already bet both teams to score with BJ. Uh, he put me, the alerted me on the bad line that we found, yeah. uh, followers in the app. It was up for a while, a couple days, uh, but that's gone now on both teams to score. It's up to minus minus one fifty. I know BJ still likes it there. Uh, I like first half team total, uh, plus 165, 170 are out there. I think it's a, Fun number to fade a team that has been really sloppy in transition, sloppy on set pieces, everything that Brentford does. You know, we had this exact conversation, what was it, uh, two weeks ago for Liverpool? And like, who, what kind of teams do they struggle with? And the teams that fit that description West Ham, Leeds, Forest, Brentford were all of the, you know, the, com- the comparisonal teams. So Brentford fits that same group. West Ham created over one expected goal. Could have had two that match. And uh, now, the, you know, Liverpool's at home, but this is still going to be a live opportunity for Brentford to go and do what they do best. So I like them plus 1.25. I like them to score in the first half. Uh, I think this is exactly the same two bets I made in the last meeting between them, which they won 3-1. Uh, so, you know, the, the same flaws exist. Liverpool's attack seems to be figuring some things out, but I'm looking at it now. I mean, this is a very depleted Fulham team. Mm-hmm. Outshooting them 11-7 to after 70 minutes as we sit here. So... I don't have the full match report, but no matter what happens in the last 20 minutes, a very lackluster home showing for the Reds. Yeah, I like uh, I like both teams to score. So I projected at minus 196. So minus 150 does still have some value. And it's just like what Anthony said. Liverpool's dead last in the Premier League and XG allowed per set piece against one of the most efficient set piece offenses in England. And they just, you know, and the thing about Liverpool is, you know, it's, the big storyline with them is they've inverted Trent Alexander-Arnold in the middle of the pitch, and it's completely unlocked Liverpool's offense. It's made them awesome. You know, before this Fulham match, they'd created 13.5 expected goals in the five matches where they've inverted uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in the midfield. And that's all wonderful. But that also means now Liverpool, who's already been bad in transition defense, is playing a back three. They're relying on Fabinho to drop back and be that transition ball stopper, which he just has not been this season. So it creates these just unbelievably chaotic matches with teams that are so good in transition. And Brentford fits the category as a probably one of the best transition offenses in the Premier League outside of a team in the Big Six. Brentford, in nine matches against the Big Six this season, have created 12.2 expected goals and 10 big scoring chances. Last time against Liverpool, they created 1.7 expected goals and three big scoring chances. So this match, I believe, has chaos written all over it, and I think both teams' score is uh, far too low at minus 150. On to uh, West Ham and Manchester United. West Ham down 2-0 right now as we speak to uh, Man City. Uh, they look relatively safe. I think that they'll they'll tell you they're not, they're not safe yet, but they're on 34 points from what will be 34 matches heading into the weekend, and we'll take on uh, United here at home. The, the Hammers are... Plus 240, I think that, you know, they have a, an interesting schedule, West Ham, for this for the relegation battle because it's United, and then they have a tough uh, 
match against well they go to the conference league semifinals uh against uh, Alkmaar and then Brentford away and then two relegation fighters to close out the season Leeds and Leicester Leeds will be at uh the London Stadium and then Leicester will be at the King Power so they'll be on the road for that one like I said they should feel relatively safe in the spot that they're in but this uh, even just a point here is just gigantic and I think David Moyes is really kind of adept at, at managing to those those kind of situations. And I think that's how he'll set this team up. I don't hate a look on the under. I don't hate a look on West Ham. We've talked about it a million times. This is a team that's much better than their position in their standings suggests. They should not be fighting for relegation. They should be up there around where Chelsea is or maybe a little higher in, comfortably in the mid-table. Uh, United, BJ, looks mm-hmm. a tad overpriced here. So... I yeah. think the under and West Ham are the way to go. Those things, I think, correlate as well. Yeah, it looks like, uh, you know, Declan Rice and Swaychak match against City with a stomach bug, so I assume that they'll be back for this match. We'll see, um, which is obviously huge because they're the center of their midfield. And so you saw Moyes today went with a 5-4-1 uh, against City to try to clog up the middle of the pitch, and that's probably what he's going to do as well against Manchester United, and I agree. I do believe Manchester United is overvalued, and this is something that we've talked about quite a bit, is that United, away from Old Trafford, just has not been as good as they've been at home. You know, they're a minus 3.6 expected goal differential away from home, and, you know, the type of matches where United is at their best is when teams come out and press them and they're able to get in behind and play in transition and and create those spaces in between. Well, that's not going to happen against David Moyes' West Ham, who's one of the best low blocks in the Premier League. And it's a West Ham team that has been much better at home than they've been on the road. So, you know, I, I have United at plus 148. So I do like the value on the Hammers uh, at plus half. And Anthony, yeah, you're, uh... I'm a little worried uh, just because of the spot, right? Like West Ham probably has to play their guys, but I'm going to wait and make sure they are before I bet them. Uh, I need Rice and Socek in this game to really get what I think is the edge here, which is that West Ham has the better midfield. Uh, and that is true with the two of them in the game. Aguirre being back would help as well for the defense. Um, but at home, catching a half is a good number. I just bet it against Liverpool. I'm going to bet it against United. Uh, so just a lean for me for now. You'll probably see me bet it come Sunday morning, but uh, waiting on some news there because they could also be careful and opt to sit them knowing that they have this uh, conference league tie on Thursday. So I'm not, I don't think they will. Cause like you said, they're not safe yet, but from a matchup perspective, uh, these two teams played a, a pretty even match. The first, the first matchup as well. So uh, the hammers at home catching a half, I think I've bet it a lot this year and uh, varying degrees of success, uh, but we will be able to slow down United's attack and, and really keep United out of transition, which is what West Ham's very good at. Um, so I like the matchup. We should also note that, uh, well, while West Ham and Fulham are, are they're, they're obviously avoiding Saturday uh, because of the coronation of King Charles. Uh, we will have a London match going on in uh, Spurs and Palace, so just keep that in mind. Work that into your numbers. There will be a coronation ceremony going on on Saturday in London. Uh, Fulham and Leicester... This is fun, right? Like I, I, I love how this schedule has set up because you're gonna have three huge relegation matches on Monday. Uh, they're staggered. It's gonna be a, an absolute joy to be me on Monday. Watch mm-hmm. Fulham and Leicester at 10 a.m. Then lo- watch Everton lose to Brighton at 12:30, and then Forest and Southampton at three. Uh, I probably won't be watching that. I'll just be staring off into space somewhere. Uh, 
we'll start with Fulham and Leicester. This is basically a pick on the three-way line, even though it's at Fulham plus 162. Perea is out for the rest of the year. Um, Leicester coming off of a absolutely hectic match against Everton where it finished 2-2. It could have finished 4-4. Could have made an argument 5-3 for either side, I think. Uh, crazy. Dean Smith, What what is going on there? Uh, but defensively, I just think you can't really trust Leicester, even even with the depleted Fulham playing for nothing here in the spot. So I'll be passing and just rooting on the Cottagers, Anthony. Yeah, excited for this match. Uh, don't really know what to make of all these injuries now for Fulham. Mitro, of course, still being out, but no Tim Ream now for the rest of the season. Pereira missing today, going to probably miss Monday. Uh, there's a lot not to like here. Uh, two really... Bad defenses. I actually like Fulham more than Leicester as a team, but uh, th- th- you're seeing the the tax here. You're, you're going to get for a relegated team being a pick'em. Uh, so I'm I'm going to pass on this one entirely, and I'm really tempted to play the under. But after seeing some of the defensive performances that Leicester's put in in the last couple of weeks, it's really hard to get there. That that game against Everton was uh, was really troublesome. Over three xG for both teams. Uh, this is a pass for me. BJ, anything here? Yeah, no, I mean, maybe a look at Leicester's team total over one and a half, which is currently sitting at plus 130. I mean, the Dean Smith offensive revolution, they've created over two expected goals in every match that he's been in charge uh, so far. And he's playing a very open style. And it's something that Leicester's gotten better because now they're all their attackers are healthy, right? Now Telemans and who's been out for a long time and James Madison as well, they have all these ball progressors available to to go up against, you know, a Fulham defense that like Anthony mentioned is going to be without Tim Ream. He's played, you know, before the injury, he played pretty much every single minute for them. So his loss is pretty detrimental. Um and again, Fulham's on the beach right now. They have no attackers available. So if I were to target anything in this match, it would be Lester's team total. All right. Uh, if we do, you want to talk about Everton and Brighton? Why Brighton's, not? Brighton's minus three hundred. I'm home. actually excited for this one. This is a good Coffee's one. Seven to one on the road. The draw is uh, plus four hundred. And I was a little. Imp- I was actually pretty impressed with how Everton played against Leicester because they didn't look lifeless. I was kind of nervous after their previous couple performances. There, uh, a couple mistakes did them in. Calvert Lewin does give them a much. Uh, you know, just more, the, the having a focal point of this attack just changes everything a little bit. And uh, I don't like hate the idea of uh, like James Garner, if he gets the start or Dwight McNeil and then just parlaying one of those guys, anytime assist with De- Calvert-Lewin, anytime goal and, and taking that uh, as a high upside play, because that's just going to be the plan here. But whether I don't know if they're, they're going to be able to stay with Brighton in this match. And it's, it's giving me all sorts of heebie-jeebies. Anthony, you, you do have some faith, though. Yeah, this is a spot I like for Everton. I like the matchup. Uh, Brighton wants to play open. Everton has been playing a more open style. And look, I'm sure Brighton is going to create a bunch of chances and and score uh, a couple goals here. I took both teams to score, and I took Everton plus one and a half because I don't trust this Brighton defense nearly enough for me to lay the one and a half with them on this number. You know, we all talked against Wolves where Wolves didn't really do much to disrupt the possession. They let Brighton walk into the final third, dominated the match, just scored a you know half dozen 
on Wolves, but Everton are playing it differently. And and I tweeted this on Monday, like the, the defense has not gotten better. The defense has gotten worse under Sean Dyche. They're playing a very open style, but the attack has made a significant improvement. And this is something we've talked about, you know, last spring when we did the show, when teams have little to play for, you tend to see the defense drop off. Games become more high event defenses uh, are, you know, you're not willing to put that extra tackle in. You're not willing to cover that extra ground to get back. The little things in energy and effort out of possession don't happen when you don't have as much to play for, which is kind of the case for Brighton here. And it's a major reason why uh, I like Everton's attack in this matchup, a desperate Everton. Um, so I'm going to take the, the plus one and a half as well. I think it's a little bit inflated. So I'm going to take the uh, the Toffees to score a couple here and, and make this like a 2-1, 3-2 kind of game, maybe steal a result. But I don't trust Brighton's defense enough to get the margin required to lay a goal and a half here. Uh, what do you think of BJ? I think I'm going to play uh, Brighton's team total over two and a half at plus 130. It's a lot of the stuff that Anthony was mentioning there is that, you know, Everton's defense has gotten worse because they're not playing a typical Sean Dyche type defense is something we've talked about many, many times is they're trying to disrupt build of play. They're trying to press high. They're trying to create, like Anthony mentioned, these open style matches where they can force these high turnovers. And Brighton is obviously a team that, loves to bait you into pressing. And I was reading some interesting tactical stuff about, you know, Brighton and their style of play. And what, you know, Deserby essentially wants is he likes to build out in a 4-2-4 and he brings his two midfielders very, very close to that back line of four and then pushes four attackers up on the back line. And what it does is it creates a ton of space in behind that first or second line of defense if a team decides to press, which essentially creates a very transitional type team for Brighton, even though in theory, they're a buildup team. Everton hasn't been that good at disrupting buildup play. Like they're not a Newcastle. They're not one of these teams that can actually do that to Brighton. So I agree with Anthony. I think this is going to be a very open style match and Brighton is still fighting for a European spot. Um, and, and the thing about Brighton though, is, is that when you bait teams into pressing you, it becomes a very risky style. And you saw that what happened against Nottingham forest is, they had to, they, they gave the ball away twice in their own end and Nottingham Forest beat, you know, put the ball in the back of the net twice, even in the first 30 seconds against Wolves, Wolves forced a high turnover and had a good chance to, to go ahead and it didn't happen. And then, you know, Brighton pounded them after that. So I do project Brighton right on 2.5, uh, expect goals for this one. So I think it's a decent price over two and a half, uh, team total at plus plus one thirty. And finally, another uh, Monday night football match here uh, between Southampton and Forest. Let's set up the uh, relegation battle as we sit now. Leicester is on 30 points uh, from 34 matches. They're in 16th. Leeds United behind them only a goal difference with 30 points from 34. Same with Forest, who are in 18th, uh, one of the three relegation spots. Uh, they will likely, if, if you look at this as a mini league between four teams, Everton, Forest, Leeds, Leicester. Uh, it looks very likely that Nottingham Forest will have the worst goal differential and that tiebreaker could very well come into play. Everton on 29 points, they're a point back of all three of those teams. They have a better goal different or they have a better goal differential than Forest and they're one goal back of lead. So just keeping this tidy for Everton also matters. You know, that they cannot get blown out uh, by Brighton here. Uh, but let's talk about Forest and Saints. Southampton is at the foot of the table, propping it up on 24 points. So they need a win above anything else to just even have a chance of getting out. It's almost a certainty they won't. They've lost four of their last five. 
it looks really bad. But I do think that Forrest is an even money favorite on the three three way line at home is a little rich. And I think you should get the best out of Southampton in the spot as they they try their goddamn best to at least make their last few games or their next couple of games meaningful. It's ugly um, to to close out the season for them. They got to play Brighton away and and Liverpool, but. Forest and Fulham coming up are, are winning winnable matches. So I actually like Southampton here. I think there's some some value uh, at plus two sixty on the Saints. So I'll be back in them, BJ. I agree. I think the price is far too high on Nottingham Forest here. And listen, I mean, if Southampton wins this match, they give themselves relative hope of survival. Like it's not over for Southampton yet. And this is a Southampton team that's drastically underperformed this season. You know, they have the same exact. You know, actual goal differential is Nottingham Forest minus 32, but they have a better expected goal differential than them. They're at minus 19 and a half, and Nottingham Forest is at minus 22 and a half. And this match is going to be very transitional. It's going to be very back and forth, end to end style match. And it's one that, you know, between two teams that are essentially even, or with, not, you know, Southampton being very slightly better than Nottingham Forest, the price is far too high here on the trees, uh, even though they've been better at home. So, uh, you know, I have this match projected pretty close to a pick'em, so uh, I'll take the I'll take the value on Southampton plus a half at minus one twenty five. Anthony, three for three. Uh I don't really want to. Like I agree, generally speaking, with the point, like given I think these two teams are pretty even, uh, I would lean toward just the dog plus a half at any circumstance. But I the goalie situation uh is such a huge gap in quality and, and ability, although I mean Navas cost me last week with the under. But the gap there is so significant. Uh, and and it, I know we talk about like regression for Bazunu and whatnot, but at some point it's a really, really bad goalkeeper situation. And that's going to cost us a, a couple tenths of a goal uh, almost per match. So uh, I have to pass here. Uh, before we move on to the Bundesliga, I just saw a tweet that Man City just scored its 1000th goal under Pep Guardiola. Yep, Three, nothing. That's, um, that's something. All right, Bundesliga. Uh, you both have plays here. We'll start with Anthony. Yeah, I'm going to take Schalke plus one on the road against Mines. Look, I like Mines. We are, this is a Mines podcast. You know, deep down at heart, we love uh, Mines. But their attack has not been nearly good enough to be laying this goal here. And I think that's going to uh, cause some problems for them against a defense for Schalke that has made significant improvements under Thomas Reich uh, since he came in. Mines, you know, ninth in... Uh, Actually, per 90, 15th in big scoring chances. It's just not a, a team that gets consistent shot production and close-in shot production. They have one of the three or four uh, worst average shot distances in the league as well. So this is a Mines team that, that struggles to consistently create. Uh, they're a little inflated here. I was surprised to see that. Uh, they don't get the ball in the final third that much either, and and Shaka's defense is enough to keep them in this. Uh, I took the plus one, minus 125. All right, BJ, uh, Bundesliga for you. Yeah, I think uh, Leverkusen in a look-ahead spot is a little overvalued here against Cologne on the road. I only have Leverkusen projected at plus 116. And, you know, listen, Xabi Alonso has done a fantastic job uh, basically turning around this Leverkusen club and getting them into a position where they could get back into a European spot, obviously the semifinal against Roma here. But Cologne is a very, very good team in transition defense, which essentially is what Xabi Alonso wants them to do. He's, he's turned them into a very compact defense versus the very pressing high-intensity style and has made them very, very elite in transition. Well, that's where Cologne is at their best defensively. So I think 
Leverkusen is a little too overvalued here at home. So I like Cologne plus one at minus 125. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, you're paying the tax, right? So Leverkusen is not out of the picture for the top four. Uh, They are eight points back with four to go, but they have a couple head-to-heads here. So they have a chance to kind of make it up. Uh, It's going to be very hard to do that, but uh, they are not out of the picture yet, but certainly a little bit of a tax on them given the must-win nature, whereas Cohn is kind of just sitting in the mid-table with nothing left on the uh, docket for them. Uh, Anthony, you're the only one looking at Syria uh, this week. Yeah, I think we got a chance for a little celebration spot here. Napoli, uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, may have clinched the league. Uh, Lazio did win against Sassuolo on Wednesday, so it comes down to Napoli on Thursday against Udinese. They just need a point. I expect them to get it. And then the celebrations are in store for Sunday. Could see some rotation. It's just a natural flat spot. Uh, I like the under two and a half goals as they take on Fiorentina, who has taken real steps forward defensively. Uh, under Italiano this year. We talked about how good their field tilt numbers were. They're not going to get dominated, and their defensive press is actually good enough to disrupt Napoli's possession structures anyway. So I like them uh, to make this game a pretty coin-flippy type thing, uh, and I will be touching on them later on as well. Okay, and and before we get to our underdogs and best bets for the Premier League, uh, BJ, legal. Huge match in legal this weekend. Lens hosting Marseille for essentially who's going to finish in second place. Uh, in the table, and that no, Anthony, it's over. We're okay. only five points back. Marseille is not yet dead. Neither is Lens. Um, but no, I think that the the total here is a, is a tad too low. Uh, you know, these are two teams that are near the top offensively in XG. Marseille, the last three matches, have created over seven expected goals against Troy Leon and Auger. Um, and it's a Lens defense that has overperformed drastically the season before the match against Toulouse. They had allowed only 21 goals of a 31 expected. So two of the top five offenses meeting in league on, uh, I think we got a chance for some goals here. So, and I do project a little over three goals. So over two and a half and minus 120 is good enough for me. All right. On to the underdogs. Uh, Anthony was out this past week, but um, we've, we've, we're starting to, to close in on one. It feels like we've, we've had a couple of close calls over the past few weeks and I feel pretty good about this one. Uh, Anthony, you can go first. Yeah, I ran the accounting for the season uh, the other day on what we are as a group. We are 21 and 70, which sounds terrible, but we're actually up 21 units. So that's the beauty of the underdog. That does not include any of like parlaying them together. That just includes like straight underdog bets, each individual pick that we give out on the show. Uh, So yeah, 21 and 70 plus 21 units with uh, a month to go. I'm going to take Fiorentina four to one. I just talked about the hangover spot, potential rest situations, celebrations in store all weekend. You're going to see them partying Friday and Saturday. You see this all the time with teams where they they are hungover. They don't show up necessarily for the match. There are some risks with Fiorentina because Fiorentina is kind of just on the beach in the mid table, worried about their conference league match Thursday, potentially. But again, like I said, the ability to have Napoli power rated as high as they are with a very questionable motivation spot puts me on Fiorentina and that's the kind of speculative underdog I like to take here. So plus 400. This one's pretty obvious. If you've been listening, um, the key cog in our 200 to one parlay uh, right before the world cup was Brentford. They were 19 to one that day, but uh, f- plus 450 at Liverpool. This team just punches up so well against the big six. BJ ran over the stats earlier in the show. They are live once again, even on the road at Anfield, they match up well against Liverpool. They've shown it 
in their two seasons in the Premier League. And although they're pretty much on the beach, as Thomas Frank has said, they just want to keep trying to set a record for, you know, highest finish ever for the club in, in the football pyramid. So I trust that they'll be ready, willing and able on the road at Anfield on over the weekend. So give me the bees once again, BJ, what do you have? Southampton plus 260 Monday afternoon against Nottingham Forest, you know, two teams based on XG who have been very, very even Southampton actually being a little bit better than Nottingham Forest this season. So I believe the price of Nottingham Forest is far too high sitting close to even money. So I'll take the, I'll take the, uh, the price on Southampton at plus 260. If you uh, wrap those three teams together, Fiorentina, Brentford, Southampton, 98 to one to uh, hit that parlay. So, Hop on that. I feel pretty good about it. All right, on to our favorite bets for the Premier League for this weekend. It's a huge weekend uh, across the board. Title race, race for European spots, and of course, the relegation battle. BJ, uh, you can go first. Yeah, Liverpool-Brentford, both teams have scored at minus 150. Liverpool offense has absolutely been cooking since they inverted Trent Alexander-Arnold into the middle of the pitch. It's completely opened up their build-up play. It allows Liverpool to compress five guys on the back line, create overloads in the box, which is why you've seen Liverpool create 13.5 expected goals in the five matches where they've actually inverted them into the middle of the pitch. But what that does is it also leaves them very, very vulnerable in transition with Fabinho not being the ball stopper that he once was. It also leaves Liverpool with only three guys at the back up against one of the best transitional offenses in the Premier League. Brentford punches up so good offensively against the big six. In nine matches against them, 12.2 expected goals created along with 10 big scoring chances, including 1.7 in the previous meeting. So I have both teams to score projected at minus 196. So I love the value of minus 150. I'm going to back Southampton as my favorite bet on the money line, plus 260 on the road at Nottingham Forest. I think there's a little bit of a uh, tax being you're going to have to pay on Nottingham Forest. Maybe the market just thinks that Southampton is going to you know lay down and go quietly into the night as the overwhelming relegation favorite. They're six points adrift, but you know they're not out of it yet. They're not done yet. And the difference between these two teams just is not wide enough to make Forest an even money favorite uh, at home on the three-way line. So a last gasp bounce maybe from Southampton. They can punch up a little bit. Uh, this is the spot. So Saints plus 260 on the money line for me. Anthony. I also ran some accounting on our best bets for the season, 58, 59, and four plus 16 units. Does anybody want to guess who is in first place of the three of us uh, in it's terms Michael of best bets accounting? Freaking long shot. <laughs> the answer is, is yes, Michael J. Leboff yeah. plus uh, nine units, and then BJ and I are right around three and a half up for the year. So it's been a profitable year there. Let's keep it going. I'm going to take Newcastle. Draw no bet, minus 115 at home against Arsenal. Cannot get to Arsenal being a coin flip here. They may be the marginally better team, but they are on the road. They have the buildup issues against Newcastle's press. They've been continually leaky defensively. They are not solving those issues anytime soon with the number of players they're committing forward, with the the lack of uh, ball winning in the midfield, especially if Partey misses again, which is certainly possible. Uh, So I like the Magpies at home. Draw no bet, minus 115. Okay, well, here's to keeping up the uh, profitable season for the show. Uh, maybe we'll we'll scratch out a 98 to one winner in the underdog parlay. Feels like I said, feels good. Uh, but we will see you guys again for Champions League Monday morning. Until then, best of luck with all your bets. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, BJ, and thank you to Bet365.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.